Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah Keneally and before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you know about an exciting opportunity. You're invited this July 21st and 22nd to our first ever Young Adults Today leader conference for the west coast at mariners church in southern california this is a rallying point for leaders for pastors for teams and for young adult ministry leaders college ministry leaders to rally together grow in their faith grow and planning and starting and strengthening their ministries planning out this fall exchanging resources and building relationships that can last a lifetime it won't be the same without you so join us this july 21st and 22nd at mariners church again it's in southern california you can find out more details and registration is at www.youngadults.today click on events and join us this july at mariners church in california west coast conference let's do it and here's for today's episode i love, love it. it well what's up guys hope you're feeling alive right now i'm micah keneally and i'm josiah keneally we're your hosts of this podcast's young adults today where we talk about reaching the next generation of young adults in our world today that's right and happy monday and you know if you've been listening for a while that every single monday we launch a new episode that's hopefully you know, changing your leadership, encouraging you, inspiring you to not only become a better leader or a person, but just get your heart right with God in the way that we approach uh, people and reaching the next generation and those around us and creating space for others along the way. So we're going to be talking about a lot of fun stuff today. If you want to rate, review, and subscribe to this, whether you're on YouTube or you're on Spotify, you're at the gym running and you can't wait to get back in the car to listen to the next episode, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, just know that we, we want you to know that you're not alone and we want to give God the glory and the honor in the process of our everyday living even in the mundane and we have an incredible guest with us today and um it's a female I love having female guests because it's just fun to help represent and create more opportunities for the female listener to know that you may be called to ministry and you're not in it alone and that they could become maybe a resource to you maybe a friend to you maybe reading some of their books listening to their podcasts wherever God leads and however he steers his conversation. We just want you to be encouraged, whether you're male or female, leader and not leader, volunteer, wherever you're at, you are seen, you are heard, you are loved, and God adores you. And he wants to download something to you today. We just don't know what that is yet. So Josiah, wow. what's our amazing guest? Let's bring her on. We're joined by Elise Wood. How are you? Good. You guys, it's awesome to be here. Thanks again for having me. It's just a huge honor. And you guys are clearly some of the best and the fact that we are again just kind of in the same I love I love the like-mindedness the fact that we're able to you know just to be able to invest in the next generation together and invest in young adults that genuinely are the future of the church stepping into that call um that God's placed on their lives so thank you guys so much for having me it's an honor to be here Absolutely. We're excited. Elise is a newer friend to us and to you as the listener, but she is the founder along with her husband of Ripple Effect. Mm-hmm. She'll share about some of her work in just a moment, but um, Ripple Effect is a network for community and resourcing college age students who feel called to vocational ministry. And um, mm-hmm. Elise, we just want to get to know you better. The listener does as well. So a perfect place to start is with your journey of life and family and leadership in ministry? Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, I am a wife 
of almost 11 years, you guys. We're getting ready to celebrate at the end of this month. And literally, I mean, 10 days from now, we're having our anniversary, our 11 years. Um, And so I love my incredible husband is truly my best friend and wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for him and his belief in me and pushing me to be who it is that God's called me to be even from the moment that we met. And we have a three-year-old little girl named Jensen Jay, and she has changed our world. I absolutely adore her. And truthfully, she is, she's my best friend. Um, I tell her all the time and she's like, Mama, you're my best friend too. And so um, now, now she could reciprocate. It wasn't just something that, you know, I've been, I've been saying since she was a baby, but again, I'm, I'm a proud, proud wife and mom. And those are my number one most important roles to me. And, um, we, you know, we've been on a journey. I would say that now we've probably been, we're going on to, you know, it's been a pretty much a decade of being in ministry at this point, different roles, different experiences. But for the most part, my entire journey has been surrounded with um, college age students. And that's really what I've been focused on for the last 10 years. And so um, different, different places we've been, but throughout all of that, what I've mostly done traditionally has, I've created um, what we would call extension sites. And if you're in the world of academia, maybe you've heard that, maybe you've been at a church that has an extension site, you've heard of that concept before. Um, But essentially what it is, is we're creating an internship opportunity at churches and then giving those students who do the internship an opportunity to on-ramp into pursuing their degree with a partner university. And so that's traditionally what I've been doing. Most of those students have sensed a call to vocational ministry on their lives. And certainly that can look like a lot of different things. And so we haven't just, you know, pigeonholed that to one thing. But for the most part, that has been my experience. And I've invested in students, again, that are called into vocational ministry. And so that is kind of where a lot of my journey then picked up into this recent season um, where we have, again, you mentioned it, but we just launched a 501c3 um, called Ripple Effects. So it is officially a nonprofit. We got our IRS certification um, about a month ago. It's a, that's a big deal. You guys, anybody who started a nonprofit, these guys know too, it is a stinking big deal to get that. And so, um, we're super, super grateful for the Lord and just the grace he's, he's just, he's lavished on that ministry. And so it's been kind of a long time coming, but over the last couple of years just had, you know, just this, I don't know what it was. There's just something that God laid on our hearts and I couldn't necessarily pinpoint it to a moment. I feel like God's just been progressively building what this ministry would have been. And there's something to be said about getting uncomfortable. And that's kind of what's happened. We actually moved from our home. Um, It's really been about seven months now. We're getting ready to go back. Um, All that said, we actually had stepped out in faith for just a seasonal position um, that we moved to Texas for away from Arizona because we're from Arizona. We will go back. That is home. Um, But in the interim, again, we've been in Houston, Texas, and there's just something about getting away from what's familiar and being willing to be shaken up. And we knew that God was calling us to do this. We assumed it was for the assignment at hand, but it's been so much more than that. I think that through this season, God has done so much um, to get us to a position where we said, you know what? It's time to walk in obedience. It's time to just step out and to step out, to step up and to walk in faith and to expect that God is going to provide what we need, even on the back end. When we step out in faith, we put one foot in front of the other. God's going to show us exactly where we need to go. And he's going to provide every single resource, even on the back end. And so that's what we've seen happen with Ripple Effect. It's been through this season of um, the, you know, the lack of comfort 
and the the being willing to be shaken up to get out of what's familiar and comfortable and through that god has literally birthed a brand new ministry that we are expecting um, for multiple different individuals and that there will be, in fact, I have to say this, a ripple effect with what we see will take place even following that when one life, when one individual is willing yeah. to step into the call of God in their lives, they represent so much more than themselves. It is not just about who you are. It's about about what you represent. And God has marked you. He has called you. He has chosen you. So your purpose is not just about you. And while you are enough and God recognizes and chooses you, he saved you. It is not just about you. It is about who you were called to impact. And that's a really big deal. And so for us, that's really in a nutshell, the vision of what we see ripple effect becoming. It is is truly about recognizing, look, there are individuals who feel called into ministry. I was one of those people. And I guess like this question specifically, my life and story at 19, I felt big time. I was a young female, you know, who knew she was called into ministry questioned, Hey, where are the voices that are going to exhort me? Where are those people that will come alongside me, call me up and into who it is that God's calling me to be? Cause I knew it was there. I knew that I had that call. I just had no idea how I was going to get there. Yeah. And, and, and here I am, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church. Like I, you know, I've been surrounded in a ministry environment. I was serving in the youth ministry at our church. I was at a great church sitting underneath great teaching. It wasn't for lack of those things. And it's not that those things were not great because they were, I just remember thinking, I wish there was more. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what this ministry is about. <clears throat> it's enabling the next generation to truly step into who it is that God's called them to be through accountability, resourcing, community, creating an opportunity for them to genuinely be sent off into who it is that God has called them to be. So we want to see them actually become step into those vocational roles. And so there's a lot of layers to this and we're on the front end. I, 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 I shared this with Micah and Josiah, but um, we are really over a month and a half in now to this ministry. I mean, it is very, very fresh. So I'm catching you guys on the early end. Um, we launched this ministry late October. And so here we are, December 21st, and going into 2023 with really uh, just a ton of excitement. And, and really what it comes down to is expectation yeah. for what God is getting ready to do and what we believe and know. We're soaking in prayer and we're full of faith. So I good love time. it. I love yeah. Elise. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that just spurs, that spurs me on just sitting here listening to you of like the vision that God has given you for your 501c3. In addition to that, it's ultimately every single one of us who's a Christian who's actively walking out their faith and in relationship and in the word of God and wanting and desiring more of what he has, you guys are so you guys are providing an opportunity for young adults to catch that on the front end of their life yeah. instead yeah. of being 30, 35, 40, recognizing like, wow, I've had this calling for 10, 20, 30 years mm -hmm. of my life. Now I get to be a lead pastor. Now I get to reach the next generation. And when the later is actually now, start yeah. activating, start leaning into, like you said, start soaking in prayer um, what God has been stirring in your heart. And I'm, that's not a promise that it's going to happen tomorrow or next mm -hmm. year, but there's always a season of preparation, no matter how big or small the dream seems before us in the season that we're currently in. And many of our listeners, they are just <clears> as um, passionate about young adult ministry. They are, they're wanting the next generation to ring the bell for Jesus. They are wanting 
um, generations to bow down when everybody else is standing and stand when everybody else is bowing mm-hmm. and to swim against the cultural norms tastefully. Like how do we yep. align with the word of God in the process of equipping people to discover who's God, who God called them to be and walk that out in um, excellence and confidence uh, when the world is trying to tear us down as believers in the journey of discovering, you know, what God has. And that's not even, that's just the world. That's not even the enemy coming at us and putting those insecurities in us. That's just natural surroundings that we live in each and every single day. So I would love for you just to, we love to ask every single person that we have on this podcast and you may have already alluded to it, but if you could boil it down to just like maybe one or two sentences, why do you believe that the faith of the next generation is so vital in this day and age. Okay. Well, I'll just share this because this is key. And this is one of the biggest things that we say for ripple effect, but you guys were no more than 10 years away from 54% of all pastors cross denominational. So this isn't just in one denomination hitting retirement age. Okay. So we are that far 54% of all pastors hitting retirement age. And we have the lowest number of incoming 20 and 30 somethings to step up and take the mantle of the future of the church. That should alarm us. Yes. Like, what are we doing about that? Right. So, and that's not just vocational ministry. The fact is, is that we, we recognize scripturally that every single person has a call on their life. God has chosen each and every single one of these individuals that we're talking about to step into who it is that God's called them to be, whether that's in the marketplace, whether that's in the church, whether that's in the nonprofit realm, I don't care what it is, whatever they're called to do. Ultimately, this is the whole idea of, They need to step into who it is that God's called them to be because the future of the church hinges on it. And the church isn't just a building. Like we recognize this is the body of Christ. This is literally what's representing the kingdom of God. And we know the world's not getting any better. So what are we doing about that? Like we, we can't just continue to say like, oh, look, no, it's fine. It'll work itself out. No, we, we need to be intentional. And that's where things like this come in, this podcast, this resource that you guys are providing on a consistent basis. This is so key. Anything that we can do, and I'll just say this, in your little realm, wherever you are, what what you're listening to, and and let's let's just be real here for a second. Every single one of us has our own world that we're living in, the people that we influence, because what it comes down to is leadership is influence. It's not position. And so if you're influencing people in any capacity in your corner of the world, wherever you are, recognize that encouragement is the greatest currency that you have and it costs you nothing to give it away. So give it away all day long. I don't care where you are or who you are. If you have a young adult that you're, that you know, in your life, that might be, I mean, whoever it is, regardless of where they are or what they're doing and encourage somebody because it literally can change the world. And that's a big deal. I don't, I don't take that lightly. And I know you guys don't either because here we are, you know, investing and, and even creating a resource like this for the podcast. I know that was a long answer, but I'm passionate about it. I feel you guys fully on that one because I just feel like it is something that we really need to be intentional with. Yeah. Man, I think that what you had described, Elise, of every single person has a call mm-hmm. on their life, an assignment, yeah. a, a purpose. Uh, I love the verse that it, it talks about in Acts 13, 36. It's said of King David that he fulfilled the purpose that God had for him in his generation. Yeah. And it's also huge that you hit on calling because sometimes it can become really ethereal, kind of just out there, elusive (laughs) for sure as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the quote from A.W. Tozer that 
describes it is not what a person does that determines whether their work is sacred or secular. It is why yes. they do it. Mm -hmm. The motive yes. is everything. Tozer says, let a person sanctify the Lord God in their heart and they can therefore do no common mm -hmm. act. And you think of throughout time and history and space of Brother Lawrence talks about practicing the presence of Jesus, whether it's washing the dishes mm -hmm. or anything that we can do. And so in 2023, what I think that can look like is being a mom, serving oh, yeah. our country in the military, yep. any endeavor. Timothy Keller talks about every good endeavor. It could be in the marketplace. It could be in ministry as we understand it as vocational church work. But mm -hmm. I think that it's really important to me, at least, to remove this kind of higher calling um, or say that some, you know, really we look yes. at the book of Ephesians, we're all called to equip mm -hmm. saints to do the work of the ministry. And so no, I'm um, with you. Narrowing in on some of the work that you guys are doing, the vision that God's given you with ripple effect. I love that imagery, by the way. I, I just picture, you know, fruit and seeds would be another um, kind of illustration or metaphor. Yeah. Of some people see a tree branch as bearing fruit. Other people would look at the seeds of future fruit. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about both today, but at least when you see it, as it relates to the next generation of college students, extension sites, internships, all of it, mm, yeah. um, ripple effect. But young adults who are sensing God's call to pastor one of those churches that you just described, that in the next 10 years, pastors are going to be retiring, aging mm -hmm. out, and mm -hmm. looking to pass that baton for a person who is aspiring to that honorable ambition, First Timothy, yep. of leadership. Yeah. What are you seeing for those who are sensing God's call to ministry? Okay. I just have to say this first, because this is the most important thing. Um, we need you. We need you. So hear that loud and clear. And if you sense a call on your life and you feel like, you know, God's marked me, I, I don't even, maybe you can't put it into words. You wouldn't specify it into a position. Let me encourage you with this ministry isn't positions. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're called to the Lord. He doesn't call us to positions. He calls us to himself. And what we do is always going to be a byproduct, a byproduct of who we are and who you are is determined by whose you are, not what you do. What yep. you do is just a byproduct of those things. So recognize again that, and I love what you said too, Josiah, I have to, you know, second that, that this isn't necessarily a higher calling if you're called to vocational ministry we recognize that there is a, a level of, of expectation that's placed on a minister. We see that scripturally mm -hmm. and understand that ministry is not easy. We don't, we don't sense a call to ministry and say, oh, this is the easiest route that I could take. So therefore I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this because you have to go into it understanding that this isn't necessarily going to be the easy route, but when you're called, God's going to give you what you need. God is going to provide what it is that you need at every moment that you need it. And what it comes down to is that we need you. Even right now, I know I talked about what happens in the next decade of the church, but what we're seeing right now, and again, this is cross-denominational, we have so many churches in need of pastors and they don't have people to fill those roles. Like I, and again, I don't know what realm of the world you're in right now, or if you sense that even maybe in your local church that you're serving in. But I'll just say this, and again, the, the most important thing is we do need you, but understand that ministry is not positional. Ministry is service. 
And so if you're going to, to walk in that call that God's placed on your life, you can do that without, with or without a position that someone bestows on you and says, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to happen to, you know, give you a paycheck to do this. And certainly we would all like to have that, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's okay, God, if I'm, if I'm called to ministry, that would be a huge gift for that to be able to, you know, be something I'm, I'm paid to do. Wonderful. Great. But understand that you haven't made it when you're just suddenly in a paid position because right. that is ministry. Ministry is serving. And so regardless of where you find yourself in the world today, decide that you're going to be a servant. And serving is not just, hey, I turn it on when I'm at the place. No, you you are. Who are you? Again, mm-hmm. who you are is going to determine what you do and who you are is based on whose you are. So decide that you are going to be someone who gives everything that you are. Who do you love first? You can't really effectively love people unless you love God. And in order to effectively love people, that's what ministry really looks like, right? So we have to be in a position where we know I'm in the business of loving and serving people. People will always be the mission. People are always going to be at the forefront of what matters most. In order to love them effectively, I have to love God first. And so I think that for our purposes, just understand today, hear this encouragement loud and clear. We need you in the church. Mm -hmm. We need you to build the ministry that doesn't exist right now. We need you to step into who it is that God has called you to be. Don't let something as small as fear stop you. I understand that fear can be loud, but fear is a liar. And so just understand that if God has marked you and he's chosen you, he's called you, that he is going to lead you into who it is that he is calling you to be, to be able to do what it is he's calling you to do. And we just, again, I think that if anything, just understand it, he, that you hear it loud and clear that the church is in great need right now. And so if you're willing to step up and to be that person, understand that God is in fact going to bless it. I love it. And Elise, I just want to encourage the listener, like if you are finding yourself in like you're in a pivotal moment or you're in a transition or you're in between jobs or you feel the calling of ministry on your life, just be reminded that God has never stopped providing. If it's fear of not getting a paycheck, well, here's the deal. Yes. Maybe you work full-time somewhere else and you become the best volunteer in young adult ministry. Come on. You have yeah. a Bible study in your home and you do mentoring one-on-one when you can and where you can and how you invest in those. And I would say one of the most encouraging things I heard when I was in a frustrating season of when like, I felt the calling of ministry, baptized mm-hmm. in the spirit, in, in an upper room at a retreat, God had clearly spoken to my heart what to do, how to do it, and not always how that's going to unfold in the timeline. But I just remember sitting there and I was just discouraged. And Josiah had said this, he was a full-time ministry. We were engaged and I was um, scrubbing toilets and I was cleaning people's houses. And I was working at the church um, as a volunteer, a lot of hours. And um, needless to say, like there was no room for me to be in a position or a role because Josiah was fulfilling the role that I would, you know, be called to or like really be fulfilled. So I had an opportunity to do a couple of things. One, I could be the best young adult woman leader I could be and come alongside him in the ministry that's already established yeah, that's and good. to hold his arms up to take all the mentoring I could for the girls and the women on that side, because he wasn't mentoring them, obviously to have the best Bible study of 20, 30 women in my house where I became the minority. They're speaking French. They're speaking Spanish. They're from their Hindu Indian backgrounds. They're like from all over the world, literally. And I became the minority, not only in color, but in language. And I was encouraged that season by two people. One was Josiah saying, Micah, if God maybe hasn't given you a paid role or paid position after you went to school and you kind of feel that 
I deserve to get paid for ministry or I have a right or when is it my turn? Whatever you feel like you're up against audience, maybe yeah. you're one of those and you can relate, but to be encouraged by Josiah's words that he encouraged me with. And it was Micah, then provide an out, provide an outlet for yourself to be the best pastor you can be for the people that you're called to. And you might have to do that outside of the church walls on some levels, or you can become, continue to become the best volunteer that I have because you will soon be my wife. And the second person that encouraged me, her name's Karen. Um, her and her husband do incredible things. They planted churches and she really spoke into it. Mikey, you teach and you preach and you come alongside those 30 women in your home. Like they were a church of 3,000, 300, 330. I don't care. Like make, have your heart positioned in a form of, I desire to lead someday in the capacity, but God has given me these women for such a time as this. How do I steward what's before me? Not wishing it away, not wishing them away or wishing for somewhere bigger, better, flashier. How do you become the best pastor, friend, cheerleader for them in that season? And I just want to encourage, maybe you can resonate with either side of that story, but I love what you said, Elise, when you said like, pastoring is not about a paycheck. It's about servant-hearted leadership, essentially. It's like, you were the first one there. You were the last one to leave. And I learned this during my internship from our pastor back in North Dakota. And it was like, I am not above the janitor. If I see a piece of trash in our, on our grounds, I'm going to go pick it up. If I need to get a shovel and help shovel snow, I'm going to pick up a shovel. If I'm going to go get the toilet or go clean the toilets because we had a party and the, the team couldn't get to it, you're going to find me scrubbing some toilets. So I think that's a form of servant-hearted leadership that being called to ministry, it's not a right, it's a privilege, but it's dying to no, self daily. Yep. Dying to self daily. And it's not a mantle that I'm building of my own. It's building God's kingdom. And he's offered me the microphone. And I think sometimes we think we have something to say, but it's us teaming up with God of like, God, what do they need to hear? And how can I be used as a mouthpiece? That's so, so and any pastor listening knows that if you have somebody on stage, you don't hand them the microphone, right? You hold it and you ask them a question and you can pull it away. <laughs> I think that God does that to us sometimes. Like God's going to hold that microphone. Like, okay, Mikey, you might have something to say now, but oh, okay, we're taking it back. And it's a form of humility and it's a form of understanding the cadence and the calling and the breaking of self each day that maybe people don't understand or know. So I know that was long, but I just want to encourage the audience today. Yeah. If you find yourself in that and at least I would being a woman in ministry and trying to uncover and discover the things that God has. I would love for you maybe just to unpack maybe your journey as a woman called to ministry at age 19, but also maybe encourage the listener if they are a woman and they are called to ministry, how do they start? How do they begin when the world in which we live is super saturated with men in this industry? Sure. There is room being created for women. There are definitely mm -hmm. roles for women. They're definitely leaders. But how can we find our place and be humble and letting everybody know that we're on the same team in the process? We're not like these women coming in like, we need to change everything because they don't know how to run it. No, yeah. it's how can we link arms and do this together because God's burdening <clears throat> me for something. So if you could just go there for a minute. Yeah. Okay. So I love you kind of already went in a little bit and I want to, I want to stay there if we can, because I think that 
Um, you hit on a couple of really key things, but I'll just say this. I think that a lot of, a lot of women who sense a call to ministry, whether they are in ministry or they have at one point sensed that call and they haven't found themselves walking in it. I'll just say this. I think that a lot of women would probably share, um, one similarity if it really came down to it, if they were willing to get vulnerable and open up even women who are again in ministry right now, that at some point, I mean, you talked about this as well, Micah, but, um, at some point, each of us has experienced a level of pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there has been a level of personal pain. It, it's either been, um, you know, something that we felt like, you know, we were we were overlooked or we were surpassed. We were um, we were the ones who maybe you know were on the back burner in the place of you know, and maybe we even felt like. And I love you said this, but it's like in those moments we are tempted to be like, well, what about this, this, and this that I did, and I was so intentional, you know, to to go, go the extra mile and do such and such. And why am I still not being chosen? That's, that's pain. Like that can create pain. And I'll just say this, what happens out of pain is that we can end up in two different spectrums. We can find ourselves overcompensating for that pain or growing painfully silent. And I don't know about you, but this can, this can create in us in some capacity. And then ironically, let's talk about stereotypes for women in ministry for a second, because in some sense, you talk about this idea of women being too quiet And then there's this other side of women who are like overcompensating and they're too loud and they're competing with men, which we know is totally not biblical. Mm -hmm. And so in theory, in in, in some capacity, what I would like to believe is that we're going to land somewhere in the middle. (laughs) You know, it's like we have to here's what it comes down to. We have to deal with our pain. And I don't know what kind of disappointment you faced, or maybe you've tried to step out and to be who it is that God's called you to be. And maybe you are one of those women in in ministry or one of those, you know, women who has sensed a call to ministry and you haven't yet been able to step out and to be who it is that God's called you to be. I will just say this, be willing to effectively deal with your pain. And here's what it comes down to. That's not always easier said than done. I'll just say this on the other side, it comes down to this idea of pain defining you or it can refine you. And this is really important because, and and you talked about this, this is is humility. I want to stay here for a second. Humility is what we're striving for in ministry. Like we we cannot, this is never going to be about who we are. Like I can't do anything effectively because of me. Like that, that, what this really comes down to is I recognize that in me, I can't, but in him, I can. My source is not me. My abilities are not the point, like my talent, that's not even mine to begin with. God gave me those things. Like who is my source, right? So I have to recognize that I'm not in it to prove anything at all. I'm doing what I do because God has bestowed on me any sort of ability he's given me as his. And then even in those moments where I'm, God forbid, tempted to believe that I can do it on my own, I'm erring on the side of believing that I'm actually the reason for being able to do whatever it is that God's called me to do. That's a really dangerous place to be. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live in that lane. I want to be in the lane where I am genuinely relying. I am dependent. I am wholeheartedly sold out to my source. And I recognize that I am not my own source. I am not the answer. I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus all of us need Jesus. And thankfully, some of us are put in positions. I'll just say this. I don't know where you find yourself today, but maybe you are in a season of pain and you're experiencing suffering and difficulty and your circumstances are less than ideal. Wherever you find yourself today, recognize that it's in the valley seasons that you have nowhere else but to look than up. And that's a good place to be. Like if, if, if you're in a position where you have to be dependent on God, that's a gift. And people never want to be walking through the season of, of, of difficulty. They 
don't want to be going through things that are less than ideal. Like we don't want to have to deal with pain. We don't want to have to deal with difficulty and circumstances that are hard, but those things develop in us Mm -hmm. a dependence on God. And that's what we're all after anyways. And so look, here's what I want to say. And and I've I've said a lot, but what I want to say about this specifically is that if you are a young woman who senses a call to ministry, understand that God is going to take you to where you need to be, not because you have something to prove, but because you are sold out to your source. So what is the most important thing? What is the most important thing to you? Who is the most important thing to you? And if you can evaluate those things, well, genuinely self-evaluate, say, what, what am I really after? What would be a win for me? What are some things that I could authentically celebrate and why would I be celebrating those things specifically? If I can step back and say, I'm celebrating the fact that I know that I love Jesus most then I know I'm winning. If I can celebrate the fact that I know (laughs) that I'm serving despite the credit that I may or may not get, then I know that I'm winning. If I can, I can be any, anything, regardless of what that is. And again, position or no position doesn't really matter, but if I can be anything and that's going to be to love people effectively, like Jesus loves me, then I know that I can win. I know that I can celebrate that. So again, go back to your, to your why Go to the position where you're saying, can I self-evaluate? Has there been a level of pain in my life that I need to deal with? And if so, am I willing to actually face that head on and to recognize I don't have anything to prove. I don't have to be anything because I know that God is my source and he's going to, he is going to get me to the position that I need to be in. And in any season, regardless of where you find yourself, you are influencing people in any capacity than you are leading. And that's a really, really cool place to be because leadership isn't positions, it's influence. And mm-hmm. anybody that you can ever influence, you're leading. And that that's, that's also just a huge gift to know like, okay, if God's given me any sphere of influence in my world, then I'm going to own that sphere of influence. And maybe that is like, I think about my three-year-old, she is my number one ministry. I I would be failing as a mom if I didn't actually look at her and say, is my little girl going to grow up to know Jesus? Because does that make me a woman in ministry? Heck yeah. Like I'm a mom investing in my daughter. Right. And again, we're, we're talking, we can talk about positions all day long. And I think the world is so tempted to make ministry about positions when in fact, ministry is not positional. God doesn't call you to positions. He calls you to himself. And so if you are on mission for the things of God, you're a woman in ministry. That's good. And I'll just say this, positionally speaking, everything else will follow if you keep God number one. That's right. That's so good. It's Go powerful. And so much of communication even is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. There's been different studies and research that maybe up to 30% of communication is vocal or 7% mm-hmm. could be words only, but it's been estimated that 70 to 93% of all communication is nonverbal. I mm-hmm. think one thing in a, in addition to that is writing and reading. That's communication. And I think that might even extend above and beyond. We are nonverbal communicators. We give right. cues, we give clues, we eye contact, active mm-hmm. listening, open-ended questions, posture, emotion, facial expression. These are all aspects of nonverbal communication. And I think that yeah. ministry is similar in mm. that non-positional ministry, uh, non-visible ministry, or even ministry that might not be from a stage or a platform. I think we need to, I think we need to broaden our understanding of a definition of ministry that's beyond just a 
a microphone and a stage right. uh, to presence in the hands and feet of Jesus. And so when yeah. you talk about pain, Elise, I think that the beautiful thing of followers of Jesus is we actually have the ability to heal pain, to heal wounds, to, mm -hmm. to bind up the brokenhearted, to quote Isaiah, yeah. right? But to be people who, so much mm -hmm. of Jesus' ministry was healing hurts. He was finding broken people and ministering wholeness where there was brokenness. And so yeah. I want to just, hopefully I'm closing some of the the gaps here, but I want you to think about if you're listening about 50% of the people in your church or in your congregation mm -hmm. or on planet earth, about 50% of the population is female, right? About half in almost any setting. And, um, sometimes even in churches, it's higher. Mm -hmm. There's been more females who are attending or et cetera, but I, I want you to just think about how are we being present for them? How mm -hmm. are we? And, and then talk just for a second to, to go even broader for a second. If you want to have a, a successful ministry, it's going to be finding people who are hurting and broken or experiencing pain, mm -hmm. like you talked about, and it's going to be ministering to them. It's going to be showing up, being present, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And one yeah. quick example of a story that I just recently experienced in October, there was a gal high school student at an event, she heard for the first time a female pastor preach. Yeah. And uh, that opened her <laughs> eyes to just the yeah. possibility like, oh, women can be in ministry. Women can preach. And in addition to that, I just, I want to zero in on the fact that I think even part of why I'm sitting back in this conversation and making sure that I listen more than mm -hmm. I talk is because I, first of all, think that's a really good model from Proverbs that a soft answer turns away wrath. James, the New yeah. Testament book of Proverbs, some call it, is he said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And I mm -hmm. think that this conversation is one that if I'm honest, I'm not a female in ministry. I am married to one. So my eyes are open to it in the mm -hmm. unique access or lack thereof to mentoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Models reference points, role models. So I think that it's just something to be aware of. And I think it's, it's important for every, the listener to hear from me in that part of my role is to set the stage mm -hmm. and to help a conversation like this one happen. I might not have a yes. lot to add to it, but it's an, an important conversation. And it's something to think about is that if half or more of our churches or congregations or our young adult ministry, if the population yeah. is about 50% female, mm -hmm. how are we showing up for them? How are we modeling ministry for them? And, and so I think it's just super important and love what you both have to share. Micah, Elise, it's a, it's a conversation that we've had before mm -hmm. on young adults today and we'll continue to have because, and for the listener, like what, these two have been sharing that we need you. You also need the church. I think mm -hmm. anytime we say that um, yeah. we need you, you also need the local church. I need the local church. The local church mm -hmm. needs my gifts. So yeah. it's it's part of the design of God. And right. one of the things that we love to do, Elise, is um, put five minutes on the clock and close each episode with about five minutes with five final questions. Are you up for that challenge? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. You want to kick it off? I'll kick it off. Okay. So 
on a day off, let's just say you <laughs> add some spare time over Christmas break or spring break. What's something that you're into as a hobby for fun? Okay, this sounds super cheesy. I know I have to go fast, but I'm a researcher, you guys. So I like to research things. And I actually am kind of a health nerd a little bit. So over the last few years, I've actually had some health issues, which has led me to do this. So I've, I've been intentional. I'm like, I want to take care of myself, do what I can. So I'm constantly researching things. So this actually, for me, this sounds really, really cheesy, but I actually find it enjoyable to learn and to find out about things that have nothing to do with what I do, right? Like it has nothing to do with ministry. It's just like, <laughs> I love to find out about like healthy foods and why they're healthy and the nutrition quality inside of certain things. And how can I take care of myself with the right supplements? And yeah, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to the health stuff. So that's kind of my hobby. Hey, you're in good company because I'm nerding right beside you with all that yes, stuff. Yes, so. let's go. Hey, we're all lifelong learners. That's we the are. goal. Yeah, we are. No, we so are. good. So good. All right. Question number two. If um, What's your favorite sports team if you have one? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So actually, ironically enough, I am wearing my son's t-shirt. Definitely a Phoenix Suns fan. You guys, we are diehard. In fact, we we showed up in Houston at a Houston game just like this last week because we're like, we got to support even from afar. So yeah, definitely um, basketball fans over here and go Suns. <laughs> I love it. All right, here we go. It's fun. For us, it's the Timberwolves in basketball. Okay, okay. Go first in college, row the boat, Minnesota. So <laughs> here's the, the curveball or the turnover is if you could ask Mike and I anything, one question, what would you want to know? You guys, I just have to ask because it's the holidays. I have to know, are you like pre-Thanksgiving put your tree up or are you like post-Thanksgiving put your tree up? <laughs> you want me to answer that? How does the quote go? How early is too early? How, how does that quote go? Something, something, I'm about to deck these halls. I don't remember what it is. It was just on my Facebook one day or my Instagram. <laughs> um, I will say when I lived in North Dakota... It was almost frowned upon to put your tree up prior to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving night, it was okay. You could start listening to Christmas music. That was just the overall (laughs) culture and norm. I moved to Minnesota and it's like November 1, everybody's tree up. It's insane. I'm like, the. I feel like the neighborhood has been decorated for like three months of Christmas. And I'm concerned about that only because at, at nighttime, when the girls are like rowdy and just can't go outside to play, we'll like, we will make some hot chocolate. We'll turn some Christmas music on. We'll get them loaded up after bath time in the car while their hair yeah. dries, uh, you know, and we'll look at Christmas lights. And I was like, oh my gosh, what happens when all the lights come down, Josiah? So <laughs> since I've moved here, getting back to the actual answer, since I've moved here, it has gone up before... Thanksgiving. And I love it. But then there's also like December 26 or 27. I'm like, it all has to come down. I have to declutter because I feel like my house is cozy, but I it's totally also caving in. Cause I'm like, where'd that walkway go? Like there's too many, there's so many trees. Yes. I love it. But it's like, I almost do like this winter cleaning. <laughs> I so resonate with that. that completely. Like it's put it up early and take it down. Like by the time the January 1st rolls around, oh, our tree has been put away. It's down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like oh yeah, you have to be honest too, and that there's something called Christmas in July. Oh yes, like it, it's such a thing. That's such a thing. She's had women over every year. I think that we've been yeah. married in July, and the place has been decked out too. Yeah. So, so I will just choose a That's room impressive. that I'll decorate. So we have a three season porch and like a little fireside room. So I'll usually do like this these two areas where I'm like I deck it all. Like Mike, you actually went down in your storage and got like all your Christmas stuff out. I go, I got half of it out only for this <laughs> half of the house because it's it's a little bit of work. So we do Christmas in July as well. 
And so does Hobby Lobby. So Hobby Lobby, you know, my heart Christmas. Yes. I want to say every day, but then people say, Micah, then it loses its meaning. So Jesus every day, <laughs> Christmas once a year. I don't know. <laughs> okay. so good. So back to you. If you could travel one place that you haven't been besides home for Christmas, Ooh, where would yeah. it be? I for sure have Israel on the forefront of my mind. Like I, I have to go to Israel. I'm uh, another random fact is that I'm a massive Bible nerd. I actually got my master's degree in Bible. Um, I just love the word of God. I'm like, every time I see friends go to Israel, I'm like, Oh, I just, I, I, it's, it makes me wish I was there, you know, so bad. So that is definitely on my list. Like I, I will be going to Israel very, very soon in the name of Jesus. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And here's the final <laughs> question, at least for you to land on today. And if you could leave the listener with one word of encouragement, what would you want to encourage them with today? Yeah, I would just say, um, just initially my mind just goes to, you know, this idea that, you shouldn't let fear stop you from stepping out and doing what it is that you believe God's called you to do. And I understand that fear can be loud. And it's often because we, you know, we're worried about what we do or don't have on the front end. And it has to make sense for us to take that first step of faith. Mm -hmm. But I just want to encourage you that whatever you're called to do, don't let those things stop you today. Step out in faith and watch God do the miraculous because that's how he works. That when we step out in faith, he meets us at the place of our faith. And that's the place that I want to be. Love it. It's amazing. And you've been a model of that. Yes. Uh, an encouragement to us Thank and encouragement guys. to the listener to know that uh, you're a couple months into this brand new nonprofit ministry and the best yeah. is yet to come. And we just see the the potential. We've already seen ripple, the ripple effect. We, we've seen it. And we <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> fun to see something early or to catch yeah. uh, something on the ground floor of everyone I think yeah. says that they want to, for example, invest in Apple in year zero or whatever. But I think that it takes faith. It mm. takes risk. It takes courage yeah. to step out in faith like you and Blair have done. And we just want to say we're cheering you on. We're praying big mm. things. We're believing. Mm-hmm. We're joining our faith with yours Thank and you. this community of young leaders as well. Come on, let's go. Seriously. Thank you guys again so much. It's been an honor to get to be with you and can't can't thank you enough. It's great to meet you guys officially too. Yes, Finally. I can't agree more. <laughs> and if you want to find out more about Elise and the Ripple, is it effect? Is it the Ripple, Ripple effect? effect? Okay, I want to make sure I'm using that right. If you want to find out more about that, check out the show notes, maybe how you can get involved. They have a lot of fun things coming out spring of 2023. They're working on things behind the scenes. So stay connected with us to get connected with them. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adult State Podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe. We've reviewed and shared this with some